0: Building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So are you ready to join the IHAMP Revolution? Coach Freddie here on the IHAMP Revolution Road Show. We're at the South Carolina Industrial Hemp Symposium in Florence, South Carolina at the Florence Darlington Tech Center hosted by Representative Robert Williams. It's going to take a while to get there. There are acquisitions and consolidation
1: happening. This is real, right? These are real businesses with real revenues um, and really uh, uh, they're attracting buyouts uh, because this is the future of uh, plant-based protein world. Um, there, there aren't a lot of reliable supply chains um, for plant-based proteins uh, beyond soy, and soy is not preferred by customers. Um, so I think, uh, I think that's, that, that's, that's the reason we're seeing so much excitement around hemp foods. Um, here's another one where uh, we have a $42 million merger for, for another company up there. Um, and then mm, Reality sets it up in Canada. And they cut contracts because there was so much excitement and they overgrew, so they cut contracts. It's going to happen. They're bringing this into the rotation. Things are going good. We just paid off our new tractor. We grew a bunch of hemp. The profits were good. And then all of a sudden, grain's um, backing up in the bins, and you can't get it to market because there's no one to buy it and the price drops and they cut contracts the next year. So, again, that's not to say that it's going away. It's just this is, this is how the market's going to kind of evolve. So the people that are going to be standing um, next year, probably, you know, maybe the people that are standing five years from now, 10 years from now. A lot of people are going to drop out, um, but you, you have to take a, a long view on this. Um, yeah, more companies relocating in Canada because it's, it's, it's happening. Um, and they're supplying the U.S. The U.S. is a big hungry market. There's a big old hemp seed manufacturing facility that processes 000, or 80,000 pounds of hemp parts uh, a day. That's a lot. Maybe like 700 a week. Genetics. Um, so let's talk about uh, the agronomy of growing hemp. Um, so you, um, you, you have a lot of options out there for genetics uh, when it comes to hemp foods. In uh, grain, you're going to obviously want something that's going to yield you the most amount of seeds. You're going to want something that pollinates um, either a or dioecious species. We, we grow mostly uh, monaceous species that, where the males pollinate the females. Um, and when I say there's a lot of genetics out there, this is all, all, all again. Jump on Trey's comment about engaging your research institutions. Um, University of South Carolina, no Clemson, sorry was up in um, Kentucky uh, two days ago. And they, uh, are any of y'all in the crowd, any y'all there? No? We're still there. We're still there. They're still at the convention. Right, cool. Um, so they had four or five people from South Carolina, which was really, I was really happy to see that, knowing that I was going to be here. So you do have some researchers that are finding out what the heck is going on with this program. Um, Kentucky, the Kentucky Department of Agriculture, hosted a conference for regulators, of hemp. 21 states showed up. There were over 60 people. They toured our facility. They toured, toured uh, Trey's facility. They toured a bunch of hemp farms, uh, trying to make heads or tails over what they can adopt from our legislation to have a successful programs, to keep people out of the mud um, and keep uh, people on the right track. So I, I thought that was really encouraging. I want to share that with you. That your, uh, your Clemson University is there. They um, weren't giving any indications or anything, but working with them is going to help you. What's the point? The, the point is, we don't know what genetics are going to work. We're, we're still, like, you know, fumbling along. Uh, University of Kentucky is doing some incredible research programs. Um, you know, Trey has different requirements. I have different requirements than uh, elemental harmony has different requirements. And in every single uh, bar of latitude, the genetics change. The soil conditions affect the yields. Um, the, what you're growing for is going to be drastically affected by what you start with, right. Garbage in, garbage out. We grew uh, finola our first year. There have been so many finola victims in Kentucky, uh, and they still tell these sad stories. And yeah, uh, you know, that,
0: that's just a, a, a strain that comes out of Finland. Of course that would be bad,
1: right? Where's Finland? It's, it's really far more. Um, nowhere near, Kentucky, the the latitude of Kentucky. So, but that was what was available. So back to Trey's point again: um, having the right genes and having them uh, available at the right times is super important. The universities are going to be your best friend in that. So, um, and they're doing some really exciting research around uh, dual cultivars, which is 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 super cool. So there's 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 a list. I I, I not. I'm not, I'm not endorsing these at all in any way. I'm just telling you what these are the popular ones that always rise to the top of the list. Um, I know that Sterling Gold is a is, 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 uh, variety of concerns to the KDA, I think. Um, Kentucky Department of Agriculture, that is. Uh, variety of concern means that some of the tested hot. You don't want anything testing hot, so then you lose. We're growing Teramax X69 right now. That's what Manitoba Harvest uh, grows, or that's what they grow a lot of in Manitoba. Um, it has a really thick seed head, uh, so it produces really good yields, but it doesn't have much biomass, so it's really not that useful for a fiber processor. Um, and if we're going to uh, see if we can get two points of revenue for a farmer, then that's probably not going to work. Um, but it's what we got right now, so we're going see to see, see how it works. We're going to continue working with it. Um, we did grow CRS1, that one farmer that you saw, the group that, that I told you that sad story about, He grew CRS1. Everything was going. Right. And we're like, all right, well, we need to harvest it in 110 days and probably somewhere around, you know, first week in, in September, last week in August, based on when we planted. Well, summer passes and this motor plant, goes on a schedule according to the sun's path and it thinks that it's going into winter. So it starts dropping, it starts setting seed early, dropping its leaves. Letting the weeds come through, emerging because the sunlight gets down to the dirt. Weeds emerge once it gets that rain, and it was all over. So it, it's you know it's, it's it's one of these kind of learning curves that you're going to have to uh, to to embark on. Um, and we could know that. Soil conditions you want something well drained. It doesn't like wet feet. Um, that's 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 our experience. Um, probably don't want a cold pack Probably just want to do like a half-inch setting of the drill. Um, you want moisture straight after, or you want to be in moist soil. Hopefully you get, you know, like three days ahead of rain. is just absolutely perfect. Um, there's some, you know, idea. It likes nitrogen, especially for the brain. It loves that, well, for the fire, you it loves nitrogen. So uh, we use a lot of chicken manure. I don't know if chicken manure is the best, but we did two treat, uh, tea, uh, tea treatments. Um, we sprayed um, compost on, uh, on our crops after they emerged. That seems to have a really good effect on, um, on the vigorous growth of it. Uh, our rows are planted in seven inch rows, 16, some guys will plant 16, cultivate um, early on. Seed rate of 25 to 30 pounds an acre. We do 30 pounds an acre. Actually, we did 35 pounds an acre this year. Um, which is going to help a little bit with the weeds. You're going to get a little bit more crowding, so you're going to get less branching, which means less seed production because the heads won't be as big, they won't have as much room to spread out. Um, but figure that's a better alternative than losing a bunch of weeds. Um, yeah, so conventional no-till protocols. Uh, you know what? Let me change that slide because our no-till does uh, not work for us. Um, works for you know, some processors and some farms, but I, I would recommend it again um, for our brain. Um, so the combine, we uh, have any combiners in here. Anyone running a combine? So you're going to be setting uh, your combine similar to um, corn on the concave, and then your air, your sieve, you're going to set it similar to wheat, um, which is going to be to say uh, all the way open. Um, You can find a lot of this data when you talk to um, any farmer. Uh, I can connect you to farmers, our our, uh, combiners in Kentucky who have a little bit of experience. You can also go to the CHGA website. They might be able to connect you to some folks. Um, When the harvest, this is an important part of the equation. As I said, we waited too long, right? We said, okay, it looks good, you know, and um, some of it looks a little bit Moist and some of it looks a little bit dry. Let's wait until it all kind of dries and have the best harvest. That was a mistake. Um, because it's not a domesticated crop, you have know, a lot of shattering that goes on. So you want to harvest somewhere around 18 to 20% and get it right to the drying phase. Um, so the moisture is going to be dried down to 20%, so you got to get air on it pretty quick. Um, and I think that uh, we, we saw that the uh, the crop is really going to be harvested around 100 days. 100 days has been best for us up in Kentucky. I feel like maybe telling you some of these details is just irrelevant based on the fact you're going to have your own experiences. Based on the fact that we're still learning. Um, I have a guy who's harvesting now. He planted it in May. Uh, so it's all over the place. Production costs, these are this is what we came up with. Um, it is attractive for farmers. Um, who are doing soy and corn certainly you're doing corn um, but really i think that you know for us it, it, it wants to follow uh, soy because it, the soy is going to fix a little bit of nitrogen so it's a good rotation for us with soy um, but again there, there isn't a lot of uh, non-gmo soy being planted so that's going to be trouble that's going to keep you trouble if you're looking to grow organic um, and i can share this with anyone on production costs Marketing, seed anywhere from 350 to uh, 18 pounds. Jerry says, someone paid $500, you know, you get to ask for as a farmer, you tell a lot of people you're going to grow hemp, you get in that situation. So start early, make sure that uh, you're working with your partner back agriculture, who's mm-hmm. going to have the, warrior university, who's going to have those FDA permits, which is what's, uh, what's going to make the, the, the things, things uh, flow smooth. Um, nothing's approved, there's no insurance, on grain, uh, I don't know if, any, if there's any insurance. There might be some private carriers, but I know that the traditional farm bureau and such is not offering insurance on these crops. Another challenge, right? That's another challenge. So you want to be really speculative crop, and if I have a total loss, I have no insurance on it. Um, yields on hemp grain, anywhere from 800 to 1,000 pounds is what we're targeting. The equation works at 1,000 pounds. Um, they vary over the years, and certainly you're going to be looking. Uh, we're going to be looking for uh, organic to be the, the, the best. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't encourage you all to come to Kentucky. We're going to hear from a lot more people than me about why and, um, and how to do it. Uh, that's the national conference for the hemp industry association. Um, I think most of us will probably be here, uh, be up there. It's in Lexington it's in September. Um, there's uh, going to be a lot of presentations from the University of Kentucky, De- Dr. David Williams, um, who's probably one of the premier head research, um, uh, researchers in the United States. and um, Potentially the world is going to be leading uh, those seminars. You know, he's, he's the leading researcher because he's had support from private companies. Um, and he's done an enormous amount of trials, not only on brain, not only on fiber, but also on the cannabinoids. Um, so I would, I would highly encourage, if you are serious about, um, about getting into this this industry uh, and growing or processing, um, make some friends up there. Find out what other people did. Cut your losses by learning, by listening. Um, I wish I had early on. And take a long view, because it's going to work. It's gonna, it's happening. Um, that was the message that I shared with our our, our departments of agriculture. Um, very, you know, I started out by being like, "This might be a cool lifestyle business." And if, uh, you know, I imagine myself walking in hemp fields. How fun would that be? Um, building a hemp green house and where I have jewelry. Uh, it's, it's 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 a lot bigger than that. We're we're getting approached by major food manufacturers. Um, you know, to the to the cargo levels of how this plant might um, satisfy the demand for plant-based proteins, Um, and it's it's, it's really, really exciting. Um, I I don't think it's going to happen in the next three years, Uh, we're going to see this, but, and I'm not necessarily saying it's going to happen in South Carolina. We're going to find out whose economics um, make the most sense, we're going to find out uh, who has the most effective and efficient supply chain um, to grow hemp. Absolutely perfect for biomass that goes to get burned in Japan, um, or you might be a flax state. You don't, you don't necessarily know which regions are going to be best. If everyone across the country grows hemp, it's going to be like corn, right? It's going to be a disaster. Um, but the nice thing about hemp, and the cool thing about hemp, uh, is that it's so diverse. There's 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 a lot of different things that you can do with this one plant, A lot of different parts of it. So it's a very um, we, we can hopefully find ourselves uh, hedging our bets against the volatile market that is so typical of agriculture. Um, because if your grain prices go low, well, maybe your fiber prices are a little bit better. So you have some insulation, is kind of the idea and why we're so hopeful. I think there are big market opportunities for it. I wish you all. Um that's the thought, and if uh, there's anything Victory Head Food can do to um, help you be su- successful um, and, and help ourselves get to where we're going, um, we're, we're always open and available to uh, to need you all. Thank you.
0: I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on Facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host.